Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello and Happy New Year. And welcome from me, Ken Rundle, to another series of podcasts with Yara's specialist advisors and experts. This time, the focus is on grazing and grassland. And joining me is Philip Cosgrave, Yara's country grassland specialist. Philip, the last time we spoke, the industry was still coming to terms with a perfect storm over fertiliser supplies and prices. As we look forward to another grazing season, is the picture any clearer? There is still no softening in fertiliser prices um, as of yet. And I guess we would encourage farmers, particularly for that this first and second application, to, to um, you know, that uh, a decision would need to be made soon in, 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 the, in, the, in the product or the volumes of product that might be required. Because what we don't want to happen, as, a, as what can happen in other years, is where um, the decision process um, is left to the last minute. And it means then that we can't, um, there are issues with actually physically getting the product out to farm because of um, there's actually a, there's a logistics problem at the moment with transport. You know, so the more time we have to get that product out onto your farm, well, then the less likely you're going to have to you're going to have any issues with delayed um, applications. So it is a case of thinking and really getting down to the planning. Uh, last time we spoke about this about a year ago, you were urging farmers to plan for the new season as though it, w- it was brand new and not just automatically what had been done before and that's exactly what you've been stressing now with with the new situation regarding prices but I suppose that also means dealing with uh, and making sure things like soil testing uh, is up to date as it can be. There's got to be a, a big emphasis this year and, and look there should be a big emphasis every year on utilizing organic manures efficiently but this year in particular, um, if we look at the, the cost of fertilizer in comparison to other years, that automatically means that our organic manures are, have increased in value as well. So I guess I say it every year, but soil testing and having an up-to-date soil analysis is going to be crucial to use that manures, those manures that are on farm um, more efficiently. Um, they don't necessarily have to be just from, from, from this year's ones. Um, you know, they can be up to um, three years old or four years old, but it's important that we use them to inform our decisions and how we are actually going to use those organic manures. Because if we don't have that information, well, then we're applying these nutrients blindly. And that means we're not getting the, the, the best um, out of those nutrients. It doesn't allow us then to, to, to switch or to, to reduce um, you know, the application of, of, of purchase fertilizers because um, we need to know what the soil fertility status is for each field so we can match the status with the um, manures that we have at hand. And it's still a case we're not wanting to waste any either. Not only is it wasteful from the reasons you've stated, but also, of course, it gets going to get farmers into trouble for all kinds of uh, diffuse pollution and everything else increasingly at the moment. Yes, and that's something we all have to bear in mind in, in, in the use of whether it's organic manures, but also, you know, mineral fertilizer as well. And soil biology is something you've also, you're keen for folk to keep it, bear in mind. Yes, the soil chemistry, nutrient status, etc., is important, but, it, but the whole business of soil biology is going to become more and more of a money earner, in fact, as far as farmers are concerned. Yeah, and particularly um, soil carbon. And it's important, I guess, that we, that we bear this in, in mind 
um, that we kind of try and minimize uh, any rundown or reduction in, in, in soil carbon or, you know, it's commonly called soil organic matter. But if we've got a healthy soil, that means that that soil is more likely to be more um, efficient at, at, at using inputs like um, manures and, and, and fertilizer. So, you know, and plus the, the crops that are growing on it, um, generally healthier soils, um, you know, rooting depth is, is greater on those soils. So if rooting depth is greater, you know, those plants then can pick up nutrients at a lower level so they can scavenge more nutrients at lower levels. And, and that will um, be reflected in, in um you know, the productivity of those crops. Because your mantra is always to for farmers to get the grass off to as an early a start as possible and keep it moving from there on in. And that's the key thing. It's not a case of stopping and starting as far as fertilizer applications are concerned. Anything that stops the grass growing is to the business's detriment. Yes. And we would, there's been quite a bit of work done on, on um, you know, early nitrogen applications. And look, they are, um, they can be quite risky, but we can minimize that risk by basically, you know, by, by lowering that first application rate um, and by instead of just one application that we can split that application. And there was some work in Ireland that has been, um, that has been published in where, um, you know, a first application is, is applied, you know, when soil temperatures are correct. And then on the on, on where soil can soil conditions are correct, um, and where the long term weather forecast is is good also, and where they split that first application up, um, so this was looking at a thirty kgs of N followed by another thirty kgs of N between four to five weeks later, um, the cumulative growth of splitting that sixty kgs up for, into thirty and thirty was greater than just applying 60 kgs in one hit at a later application. So we know that soil supply at this time of the year, um, soil nitrogen supply is going to be low. Um, so when soil temperatures are correct um, and all around soil good soil conditions are present and the weather forecast is good, um, we know that by putting on um, fertilizer N that we can actually get Make up that, that that grass plant earlier and start to start growing earlier as well. And that early grass is very valuable, whether it's on a on a you know a dairy farm, a beef farm, or a sheep farm, because that grass can effectively replace you know either purchase concentrate or um, conserve um, you know silage that can be probably used um, later on in the season or the following winter. Um, and also the, the higher cost involved in feeding out that feed um, and obviously bedding, etc. You know, we would encourage farmers to, um, instead of applying fertilizer when they see the grass growing, that would, they would look at promoting that grass growth early in the spring by splitting up an application and looking at soil temperatures carefully. So looking at, you know, a soil temperature of, of five degrees and rising. Um, this is when um, the perennial ryegrass plant will will start growing um, but also as I said that weather forecast to make sure that there's no um, there's no uh, snow forecast that there's no um, rain forecast that and also what we can do is we've only been talking about about fertilizer in but we can also um, you know look at, at using uh, you know organic manures particularly slurry as a way of 
um, replacing mineral N on certain fields and paddocks. So where there's low covers, you know, we would, and, and there's slurry available, well, then that can be a very effective approach to um, substitute for, for mineral N. And it's, it's just as, a, as effective. It's quite common to talk about trace elements with the arable colleagues. Is there any point in thinking about that when coming to soil analysis this early in the season? Yes, it's, it's, it's great to have that information with regards to micronutrients from, from soil analysis. So you may not want to do um, you know, the full broad spectrum soil analysis every time you, know, every time you do your, your routine soil testing. But certainly, um, we should be doing it. We should have one at least for every field or paddock because there's more and more, I suppose, interest in you know, the micronutrients and having the micronutrients correct on, um, for, for growing grass in particular. And, and no different to arable crops. You know, if there's a micronutrient at, 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 that's um, in limiting supply in soils, well, then if we provide that, well, then there's a knock-on effect and that we get better return from um, any applied nitrogen. Um, so, yes, yeah, certainly um, the other one would be looking at, at herbage analysis then maybe later on in the season in, in May time where we look at, at, at the micronutrients levels in grass through uh, herbage analysis. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to build resilience into the sward and, and all of that's part of that big picture. Certainly, and, and with, particularly with clover, Ken, that... Um, you know, we've seen areas where um, clover has responded very well to applications of micronutrients, um, particularly um, molybdenum in areas where um, low molybdenum, where there's low molybdenum soils. I read in my farming press that you were one of the judges in the British Grassland Society's competition for 2021. I wonder if you came across anything being done by the finalists that you think should be taken up by others as we go forward. Anything that caught your your imagination? Any differences and, and differences, let's say, between beef, dairy, or sheep? It's been a very enjoyable experience the last number of years that I've been a judge in that Ken, and there can be there can be differences in the livestock system, as you say. There can be dairy farms, there can be beef and sheep farms. But the same uh, current runs through all of those finalists. And, and you know, even if we look at, at the three finalists each year, that they have got um, a very good handle on uh, the financial side of things, at the cost. But they've also basically adapted their system to, take, uh, to basically make the most of their, of, of their farm and the conditions that, they, that, um, you know, that they're farming in. So whether it's a, a farm um, that's prone to drought or whether it's a wetter farm, they've basically looked at um, adopting their system to get the most out of the, 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 the farm that they have. But they, whether they're using you know, perennial ryegrass wards or mixtures of perennial ryegrass and clover or herbal lays, um, you know, they're all measuring the output from them. So the, in, you know, the three finalists this year were um, using plate meters, and they were trying to utilize graze grass as much as possible, even on those um, higher yielding, more intensive uh, base dairy herds, that they were trying to get cows out to grass. And they were measuring that and looking at, I suppose, in particular, they were looking at nutrient supply as well. So making sure that soil pHs were correct, but also the other um, nutrients were in the, in, in, in the correct balance. So nutrient planning was very much part of their general day-to-day -day work. Yes, and, and 
you know, there can be there's a lot in in nutrient planning. Uh, kind of sounds quite easy, and some farmers will be able to do this. But you know, the farmers if they don't feel confident enough to do up their own nutrient management plan at the beginning of the season, and now is a good time that you know they should ask for help. You know, seek advice on putting a nutrient plan together because it's it's both it's it's cost effective in putting a nutrient plan together, and. Um, but it's also, um, I suppose, uh, important, I suppose, as we go forward for the sustainability of farms, that we, we are not overusing um, nutrients. And, you know, by underusing one nutrient, we can lead to, you know, the inefficient use of another nutrient. So um, that's something to bear in mind. I think it's going to become more and more important in the years ahead. So let's go over the key points then from this chat. What, what are you wanting farmers to go away thinking about? Well, the first thing is that they need to uh, have an accurate or an up-to-date soil analysis for them to be able to use that then to base decisions on whether um, how they use their, their, their organic manures and particularly slurry to best use. And then with regard then to the application of either those slurries or mineral nitrogen that they look at, you know, not leaving it and particularly mineral nitrogen that they don't look at um you know leaving it until grass is is um is act- actively growing that there is value in applying fertilizer nitrogen a little bit earlier which will which will basically promote grass growth which ultimately will provide um the opportunity for you know more grass to be included in the diets of 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 livestock and where you know we can effectively on 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 fields or, or paddocks where the covers are such that you know slurry can be used slurry can be a, a good replacement to to mineral nitrogen and while we don't know whether the season's going to be early or late make sure your order's in early otherwise you'll find that maybe there's not a truck to bring it to your farm transport um, and getting you know uh, enough transport is certainly going to be a, a problem in the in the coming months Philip Cosgrave, Country Grassland Specialist with Yarra, thank you for that, and I hope to speak to you again as the season progresses. But it's the arable sector I'll be discussing in a couple of weeks' time, so join me, Ken Rundle, then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.